Hello and welcome to Renewing Hope Church in Oceanside, California, where our mission is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. We pray that this episode will both challenge and encourage you to love more. And now, here's today's episode. So we have been in Colossians, and it's been a, a wonderful journey. Colossians 1, we looked at, we got to find out who the real Jesus is, because things were getting a little squirrely. Uh, we looked in, you know, chapter 2, where we looked at the Gnostics last week, and some of the, the heresies and the false teachings that were, that were creeping into the church. But in chapter one, we really looked at the the sufficiency and the supremacy of Christ. We got to make sure we got the right Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the head, the firstborn over all creation, all things created by him and for him. He is supreme. So Paul is, he was making sure like, you got to have the right Jesus because there's a lot of sideways things going on and we're getting a different, a different picture of who that is. So Chapter one, Jesus, the real Jesus. Chapter two was really about, yes, we looked at some of the heresies, but who we are in Christ, right? That we've, that, you know, he was crucified, buried and risen again, and and that we're raised to life with him. And we have that beautiful symbolism of of water baptism to, to symbolize that experience that the old is gone and the new has come. So we looked at what life is like for us in Christ. And my question last week was, why was Paul so passionate? Why was he so adamant to make sure that the, the real Jesus was, was being preached? And we just talked about how he had this radical conversion. There was no denying that something miraculous happened in his life and that that happens to us. Here was a man that had no reason to follow Christ. He was observing the execution of Stephen and was off to the synagogue to get names of all those that were following the way to to turn him in. And then his life was turned upside down when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And we, we looked at how our lives are turned upside down when we encounter Christ. There's no explanation for how people get through what they do with loss and pain and abuse and all of these things. It's it's only by the grace of God and the peace of God that we're able to. And so we have this supernatural transformation when the Holy Spirit comes and invades our life. And so we have real tangible evidence. And so tonight as we look in chapter 3, it's still all about Jesus, but it's our turn. This is where we're going to put on our jersey, and it's, it's go time. It's time to get in the game. We got the right Jesus. He's transformed our lives. Now go. So... Let me pray and we'll get into it. Uh, Father God, I thank you so much for your word, Lord. Thank you that it's alive. Thank you that you breathed it all out, Lord. And as we, if we want to get to know you, God, we, we can do so through your scriptures. Father, I just pray that um, you would be with us tonight. Spirit, would you just speak words out of my mouth, anything that... I've come across in the last week, Lord, whatever it is that you need me to say, God, would you, would you do it? I thank you for everybody here. I pray for just a blessing upon them and that as your word is revealed, our hearts would be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to look at uh, 
We'll just start right in chapter 3, and I'm going to go kind of section by section. There's quite a few instructions from Paul, so it's kind of like we're getting on a bus, and we're going to make a few stops. So let's get on the bus together. So, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So the first item to look at is that we literally, when you come to Christ, when you surrender your life to Jesus, you literally get a new spiritual DNA. And that spiritual DNA is, is transformational. Again, you're, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and that, that old person has died, and the new person has come. And so Paul is, is also encouraging us here to, to set our minds. So, so now that we've got this, these new lenses in life, Paul is encouraging us, hey, set your minds on things above. In other words, if you know that, that Christ, you're going to be with Christ, and that is the end game, keep the end in perspective while you're on the journey. So thinking about, you know, heavenly things, and today we did as a family, uh, you know, I've been going through this, I said, wow, there's some really neat things we can kind of practice here. So as a family, we sat, I said, everybody just close your eyes and think about something above. Think about heaven. And then we all kind of, you know, gathered back and, you know, one of our sons was like, I, Jesus or God was so shiny. I said, oh, that's great. You know, another one had another something and we just spent some time thinking about things above. You know, God's given us these incredible imaginations. You see it through art and music and just, I mean, we were made in his image. So use your imaginations for, for incredible things. Set your, you know, your minds on things above. Certainly as you read through the scriptures, you know, being kind and compassionate and loving. Picture your friends, your family coming to Jesus, being saved. Just put your minds on things above because it's so easy to get attached to these things on earth. So, you know, when you keep the end game in mind, it changes the way that you live. We're getting ready to go through a remodel at our house. And it's, it's the story of the remodel, right? The plans are still with the city. And we were supposed to start September 1st. And it's whatever it is, November 6th. And the plans still haven't been submitted. But we, we have this end game in, in mind, right? This, this house where we can host and have worship nights and all these things that we dream of. But along the way... There's pain, there's hiccups, there's, there's things that I know are going to go wrong. Hey, we dug in here and there's a leak or there's mold. And, and that's what happens in life until we get to our final destination with Christ. Life is going to be full of challenges and bad pipes and all kinds of stuff, you know. But, but keep your minds set on things above. Keep your minds set on Jesus And it'll change the way that we live our lives here. And I love this piece, verse 4, when Christ, 
who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Right before that in verse 3, your life is hidden with Christ. It's almost as if as you, when you come to Jesus, this Holy Spirit indwells you, you have this new spiritual DNA. It's almost like this piece of you is hidden until the day of glory. And we don't have to, like Paul gives us a description of, of what that's going to look like. And again, here's something you can use your imagination for because we have the scripture, but we don't really know how it's going to be. So let me look at uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty. Okay, so we just read that we're going to appear with Christ in glory. And okay. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, those that have passed away, but we shall be all changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must, must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. So we're, we're going to literally be changed in an instance. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, or are we in 14? Yeah, or 13, here we go. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do, who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, the time of the rapture, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So, uh, in Colossians 3, we just read that, that we're going to be joined with Christ at his coming. We're going to be transformed. We are going to join him in our glorified state. He's in his glorified state right now. So you can kind of imagine, what is our glorified body going to look like? Use your imagination. Set your, these are fun things to think about, right? So, but just in terms of that verse two, you know, when the Lord comes, those that are asleep, those that are dead are going to be raptured and we are going to join the Lord in the clouds, those who are still on earth at that time. So just wonderful that we get to be with Christ and get our glorified bodies. We don't know exactly what they're going to look like. But it sounds pretty amazing. All right, let's continue on. Uh, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge 
and after the image of its creator. So this is, you know, a time where, you know, the old, the old is gone, the new has come, but this can be easier said than done, right? Like, we can read the scriptures, the old has passed away, the new has come, we are new creations in Christ. Well, why does my flesh keep creeping up? Why do I keep doing the same thing that I don't want to do? I'm supposed to be this, this new creation. The Holy Spirit, I'm supposed to just have the, the power to overcome and have self-control and self-discipline all the time. You know, we sin every day. It creeps up. You know, however, there's, there's always things that we know that we struggle with specifically. And you know what, what that is in your heart. I just want to give a, a word of encouragement here. You know, maybe there's a few things that, that always seem to, to creep up. You know, name it, get, get accountability for it, write it on a piece of paper, burn it, bury it, put these things to death. Because the reality is when you're in Christ, yes, the old has gone. One day you're going to receive a new glorified body. You are going to be with Christ. And remember that repentance is a lifelong process. And Paul, you know, he, he encourages us in this. Romans 7, verse 15. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So Paul's saying, look, the reality is, yes, you are a new creation in, in Christ, but we're still going to have these, these struggles, right? We're still, we still have our flesh. And thanks be to God that, you know, we don't have to, you know, just, just shame ourselves and, you know, just totally, you know, just get down on ourselves that, we're just these horrible, horrible Christians. You know, remember that repentance is a lifelong process. And it is a journey that we're going to continue to work through. So back to Colossians 3, verse 11. This is a big deal. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian 
Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. This is imperative to understand. There is no dividing. There's, there's nothing dividing between anybody, right? Your, your socioeconomic status, your race. We, when you are in Christ, there's nothing that separates you from, from another brother or sister. I remember when we were in Swaziland, Africa, and I'm walking across this field, and this pastor, big, large man, Im- impoverished, you know, working in these villages. He grabs my hand and I'm just walking with this, this man. And I, I remember having that realization and that feeling and that understanding that he and I are one day, there will be no difference between us. There's no difference now. He and I are brothers in Christ. But one day, like we, we are, God sees us exactly the same. And we got to remember that, that in Christ, there, is, there are no dividing lines. So, all right, verse 12, this is uh, Jersey time. I told you we're, we're on a bus, different kinds of stops. So put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. You remember a couple of messages ago, I talked about Aaron Judge and how it was, uh, it's really meaningful for him to put on a Yankees jer- jersey. You know, there's, there's a pride that, that goes into that. You know, they, they've won, I don't know, 26 uh, World Series or something crazy like that. They've obviously done something right. And so to, to step out onto the field as a Yankee, it, it means something. And so for us as believers, it's got to mean something for us to say that we are Christians. We have, yes, we're going to fall short. Yes, we are going to, to sin. But we need to show humility to, to come forward. We need to, you know... Live these things out, and it's a constant daily repeat reprieve. You know, Spirit, fill me each and every day to go out and to do the things that you're calling me to do. But we are, this has got to mean something. This is our Christian jersey that we put on each and every day. I was uh, listening to a sermon recently, and I want to give a plug for, for worship. This next section. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, thanks, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And these were some of the things that I just had wrote down at that time. The words that we sing dwell richly in our heart. Pay attention to lyrics. Go for a walk and listen closely. Sit quietly and let the words melt your heart. I realize I have such a hard time remembering lyrics. Like I've heard songs over and over and over again, and I still don't remember them. And I'm like, what is that? I love music. You know, I love to play music, but I always have a hard time remembering words. And so I've been going on these walks and I'm just listening to the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I've been missing all of these, these beautiful words. So there's something, there's, the spirit within us is glorified when we are worshiping and you know, as it relates to worshiping in a, in a corporate setting, you know, nobody wants to be the only one singing in a room. 
You know, let's help each other out. Singing encourages those around us. You may not have the best singing voice, but who cares? We are all family. So I just want to encourage us as a church to, you know, let's sing with joy and and with gratitude. Um, It's not about performance. It's about worship and worshiping together. And I'm sure just for our worship team, just hearing those, those voices is definitely encouraging. All right. Verses 18 and we're going to, oh, verse 17, though. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it doesn't matter whether you're a, whether you're a teacher or work in a restaurant or work in finance or whatever it is. You're a tech person. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Because you're out there. You're wearing that Christian jersey. Nobody's better than the other. And we have the opportunity to go out and shine Jesus. So this next section, first, I just want to point out, it is for Christian households. Secular world would not understand what I am about to exposit here from what Paul wrote. So also this next section is going to raise some questions, potentially some concerns. Prior to reading through the instruction Paul gives to husbands, wives, children, slaves, and historic masters, it's important to remember we should not isolate Verses. We don't want to have one verse theology. Context is important. We also need to be willing to be humble and ask God for understanding when we study Scripture. We also want, don't want to do skip a verse theology. Remember, this next section is for Christian households. Um, so society definitely has a, a different definition of marriage, family, etc. Paul is giving instruction to Christian households here. So... Verse 18, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. So is this saying, you know, is the Bible endorsing inequality here? No, not at all. We have to remember, what did we just read? We just read that, you know, slave or free, Greek or Jew, male, female, we're all co-heirs with Christ to God. Right? We are all equal. There is no inequality. But God had a design for marriage. God had a design for relationships. Okay? So this isn't, you know, wives, submit to your husbands, you know. This is, and the Greek word is, is actually, it's a voluntary, positive submission. And I would like to, I don't want to, uh, you know, speculate here, but when I read this, it's, it's, it's let your husband lead, okay? Now, I know that I'm not talking about uh, demeaning husbands, abusive husbands. I'm not talking about those types of husbands. I do not believe that the text here is you should be submitting if you are in an unhealthy, um, horrible situation. But as men, like, we're designed to lead. I remember my wife is like a professional dancer. I hope that at some point everybody gets to see her cut a rug because she is unreal. So, you know, when we got married, uh, we were in this premarital class. And it was this dance thing. There was this dance part. And I'm like, Megan's like unbelievable dancer. And I, I'm, I'm not, you know. But I had this, I got to lead, you know. So we're doing all these dances. And I find myself like trying to lead. And she's kind of like leading. There's something innately in us that that desires to lead it's just there and i believe that it's god given 
And so generally speaking, um, you know, if, if your husband is, is following Jesus, is, is loving your kids, is doing, you know, uh, following the Lord's work, um, you know, allow him to lead. That's, that's the encouragement I want to give, married or future married. Um, you know, now husbands, we are called to love our wives in such a way that Christ loved the church. That is a big, big call. He gave his life. He died for his bride. He gave everything for her. So just as much as we desire the the opportunity to lead, we need to be loving our wives. We need to be great listeners. You know, be able to have the ability to emotionally connect to the best of of our abilities. We, We need to love our wives, lay down our lives for them. That may mean surrendering our own desires and maybe we don't go on a gazillion uh, guys weekend trips and things like that. We need to love our wives. So when a husband and a wife come together, they're united as one. Submission is essential in the marriage relationship for both sides here. By the way, EPJ gave a great message a few months back talking about, you know, just the, the importance of, of leadership specifically to, for men um, particularly in the Christian community, because men have lost. That's part of what I see in society. Men aren't leading because we're doing a bad job. And so women are, are rising up, you know, to the call, which is in a lot of cases a good thing. There, there needs to be some form of leadership. But uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message EPJ gave. So... Uh, Next piece here, verse 20, children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. So children need to, um, you know, be great listeners to their parents. And as a parent of a seven, nine and three year old, oh, I desire that so much. It's just wonderful when that happens. And when it doesn't, this is a great next verse for me. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So in other words, come to your children with encouragement. In other words, don't be harsh. Don't make it too difficult to obey. We don't want to be overbearing, right? So we, want to, we need to still give uh, instruction, absolutely. We're called to raise our children in, in the ways of the Lord, but in a way that's encouraging, And I'm still learning this each and every day as a dad. Verse 22, bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. This verse has and was abused extensively in the horrors of of slavery, certainly in, in our nation. Okay, this is not this is not what we're talking about here. We have to remember, this is going back to context. And Paul is writing in a time where they estimate that I think 40 to 50% of the Roman Empire were slaves. So he's, he's taking this in, in context is, you know, what is, what's going on at the time. He's speaking to the reality of his day. And remember, back in, in verse 11, we're, we're all slave or free. We are all co-heirs with Christ. There is no... Difference. So again, this verse has been abused. Um, 
But what, what Paul's saying here is even in, in that position in society, like serve with your heart because you're serving the Lord. You're, you're not serving someone else. You know, verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You're serving the Lord Jesus Christ for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. And there is no partiality. And then lastly, masters, treat your bond servants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. I love that. Christ, the head of, of all. He, you know, he is, he is above all things and everyone is accountable for how they treat people. In Paul's day, we're looking at historical context. We are all held accountable um, for how, how we treat one another in this, in this life. So, you know, that was, that was a lot to, to unpack. And as I think about summarizing this, this journey through Colossians, and I remember I've just been, that's why I was talking with Corey. And I said, I just, we need to, we need to know, we got to just study Jesus. You know, Paul's making this so clear in, in his letter that, you know, there is, there is the right Jesus, and we've got to make sure that we've got, we've got him right. And we're living in a day and age where there's a lot of different people saying a lot of different things about Jesus, and yet they don't actually, you know, read the historical text. And so we've got to have the right, right Christ. And so we're going to dive in and, and study the Gospel of John and just read the words and meditate on the words of Jesus and go through the gospel. I'm looking forward to that. And so just remember, you know, you all have your own story. When we think about what it's like to be, you know, have that old self buried, literally you have, you have died and you have new life in Jesus. You have this new spiritual DNA. One day you're going to be raised up in your glorified body and be with Christ. And that is an unbelievable promise. And to think about that as the with the end in sight, and, and while we're here to set our minds on things above, is just imperative. So, and let's go out and let's be, let's be the church. Let's be great. You know, let's. Uh, this one guy said, "Always be awesome." ABA. You know, it sounds cheesy, but let's always be awesome, and let's make sure that we're bound and that everything, the glue that holds it all together, is love, because you could be the most awesome person in the world. And if you've got no love, it's not, it's not worth anything. So we've got to be all glued together and bound up in love. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for your word, Lord. And God, I pray that as we spend additional time in worship, you would just prepare our hearts, God, to um, come before you, Lord, God, that we would sing praises to your name. And Father, we just, we love you and are just so thankful that our lives are hidden with you, Jesus. And you've given us new life. God, in one day, we will emerge with glorified bodies and be with you for eternity. So we thank you so much for that process, for that promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Renewing Hope Church. 
May God's love for you renew your hope today, and may His face shine upon you and give you peace. If you need prayer or would like to reach out to us, you can do so at our website, renewinghope.church. Until next time, 